Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020 and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. I'm Lara Lightbody, the producer of this show. Apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in, and at the same time preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Hello, I'm Max, Father Max, the Reverend Max. People call me all sorts of things. I answer to any of them, but I'm speaking from Newmarket in Suffolk in the UK. I've been in Newmarket four years or so, originally from Cheltenham in the UK, another racing town, both famous for their horse racing. I'm a a parish priest and I work here in Newmarket. I'm part of the Church of England, which is part of the Anglican or Episcopalian Church worldwide. So if you're listening in the US, you'll know it as the Episcopal Church of the United States. We first went into lockdown at the end of March, and so we've been in lockdown since then. I've been with my wife here at home. At the start of lockdown, there were two of us, and at the end of lockdown, there are now three. My wife gave birth halfway through lockdown. Our daughter is now 11 weeks old, so I'm now sheltering with more people than I was at the start. I work as a parish priest, which means all sorts of things, but a lot of it is community-based. A lot of it is about gathering people together or visiting them at home, visiting schools, that sort of thing, none of which has been able to happen through lockdown. So it's been a case of finding new ways to meet and gather and doing a lot of work online over the telephone but also recognising that a lot of those that we work with are the most vulnerable and the most isolated, a lot of whom don't have easy access to the internet or aren't able to use that sort of technology. So we've really had to make sure we don't overlook anybody. It's very easy to say, oh, just find us on YouTube, find us on Zoom. But for a lot of people, that's not possible or certainly not helpful. I really have seen how important that community has been and and just keeping people connected, making sure people realise that there are still churches out there, organisations out there that want to be in touch. And we haven't just stopped everything because of the lockdown, despite the fact that our church buildings have been closed for three months or so. So today is um, Tuesday, the 28th of July. I'm sitting in my study 
which has always been my study because I live in a a church-provided house. We work from home normally in a technical sense, so my study is, is at home. What is different is that although I've got my desk in front of me, I've got a, a makeshift altar behind me, which, which has been there since uh, early March. That's where our prayers have been said for a lot of the last few months. I've got books lying all over the place. I've got the things I need for worship and communion. And then I've also got half a nursery in here as well. As I said, our baby daughter arrived 11 weeks ago. So alongside the Bibles and prayer books are um, baby gyms and Moses baskets. You've got everything going on in here. Our Sunday services, when lockdown was first imposed, they stopped completely and we moved online. So we are live streaming services on a Sunday morning. So trying to still get that interaction. I don't want people just to feel that they're watching a video at home. I want them to feel that they're part of the service, part of the worship, that they're joining in with prayer and worship, even though the gathering is virtual. We've had half an hour of chat before the service. So you log on at 9.30 on a Sunday morning and you get me and a couple of the other clergy just talking to each other, catching up over the week. And we're streaming through YouTube. So if you leave comments live on YouTube, we can pick up on that. We can respond to that just gives people a chance to talk and interact. And that social side of church gathering is so important. And that means that when we get to 10 o'clock and when we get to the formal part of the service, as it were, the worship, people are, are part of that gathered body and people then feel they're invested. So then we, we have our, our shorter act of worship. It's not quite the same as meeting in church because of the limitations of the technology. We haven't been singing, we haven't had music. It's just really focused down on what's essential. What are the, those crucial parts of the service that we want people to engage with? We've had people attending, if that's the right word, those services that we wouldn't see normally. Perhaps they're people who are already part of the congregation, but housebound and we haven't seen in church for a long time, or they're new people. And this has been a great opportunity to reach out to people who wouldn't have set foot inside the church building otherwise. On the other hand, we've had people for whom this just isn't satisfactory, that it doesn't push the right buttons, it doesn't help them engage with prayer or find God in the way that we want it to. We have picked up new people along the way, but we have certainly lost people or people haven't been engaging with it. So definitely a positive experience, allowed us to reflect on what's really important to us, but it's not been without its pain and its loss. The government's advice and the church's advice came very quickly and has been quite uh, unclear. I think one of the challenges we've really faced is that we haven't had strict guidelines as to you, you must do this, you can do this, you can't do that, and that the picture changes very quickly. And that's just because this is a new situation for everybody. And the church authorities are trying to work with the government and have clear guidelines on, on what is and isn't possible. So when we first went into lockdown, it did come very much as a surprise. Many churches weren't set up to live stream or, or had any experience of online ministry. Here in Newmarket, we had the advantage that we did already have a YouTube channel. I used to vlog on that reasonably regularly. 
um, it was already set up and it already had a few people following it. So you already had a nucleus of online activity um, to build something around. And it meant that I already had some experience of creating material for use online, because that's a very different thing to creating services that will work in church. And I don't think people were quite prepared for just how radically different ministering online or creating material for use online would be than doing things in church. And the church is wonderfully creative, especially in the Church of England at the moment. There's a a real encouragement to be creative in worship and to do new things and to speak in ways that people will access and people will find encouraging and relatable. But to do that in church is one thing, to do that online is a completely different thing. So I don't think people were prepared either practically or in their minds. I don't think people were prepared at all. It would be very easy for online worship, as I've said, to become just you watching the vicar say prayers in his study. And we had to work really hard to make sure that that wasn't the case by making the worship more interactive in a way. We can't sing hymns together. You can't say long prayers together. Certainly in the Church of England, a lot of people will know some quite long prayers by heart and be used to reciting those as a group by heart. That doesn't really work online in the same way. So I've been using a lot of responsorial hymns and songs and psalms so that I say a verse and then everybody says one line back. And that seems to have that nice balance of interaction, but not trying to do everything together. Because I'm sure many people who are used to using Zoom or conferencing facilities know that trying to say things at the same time, that's just not how the technology works. It's all these practical things which nobody had thought of until three months ago. When the strictest lockdown was in place, it felt very vulnerable to go outside. You you felt like you were putting yourself at risk. The streets were quiet, certainly. And you had the sense that anybody who was out was out for a reason. And you did. You found yourself looking at people and, and thought, I wonder what work you're doing. I wonder what crucial activity you're on your way to. And not all nurses wear uniforms. You know, everybody would have had their reason to be out. And as a priest, I was praying for them and was saying, you know, I hope you're kept safe as you go about your work. That has certainly changed. People are obviously out for other reasons now. And certainly from the UK government, there's been a drive to go out socially, but to go out safely. So there's definitely been a shift in in thinking that you don't just go out because you have to anymore. And various projects like the Eat Out to Help Out which is the UK government's strapline to go and support local businesses economically to try and encourage economic growth again. So there's definitely been a shift to go out socially, to go out not only because you have to, but it really was quite powerful to think that at one point, everybody who was going out was there because they had to. The Church of England were told that even parish priests shouldn't visit their own churches. That was not essential. We were not key workers. We were named as key workers for one reason and one reason only, and that was sadly to conduct funerals. 
because it was thought and and it was the case that we would have an increase in funeral and bereavement ministry. So there was a, a time when we were told, okay, now you can visit your churches, you can make your churches open for private prayer or say your own prayers in them. That was a, a big change and a really difficult one for the church to get its head round to say, well, what is the difference between me praying at home and me praying in the church building? The churches are now open. We are now doing Sunday services in church on a restricted basis as well as online. So we're now doing both. So it's all socially distanced. You know, we're encouraged to wear masks inside the church. And um, at the heart of a lot of Christian worship is uh, Holy Communion, which is about eating together. It's about gathering. So it's been really hard to think through what that means for a community that is kept apart and your face is covered. How do you take the bread of communion if your face is covered? So one of the things the churches in Newmarket have been involved with is delivering food parcels to the vulnerable, those who need them. It started off before lockdown, we, we were planning to do holiday meals for children who would usually receive free school meals. So in the UK, there's a means-tested system where children receive school meals for free. But in the holidays, outside term time, obviously there, there's no provision. So families are found having to make up the provision of food. So that turned into, once lockdown hit, a realisation that without schools, many families would be without food and without the provision of free school meals. And we've ended up at the, the height of the project with over 80 families in Newmarket that we were delivering to who were in need. Newmarket and the surrounding area has around 30,000 people. So we're delivering to, say, 300 of those, which is a reasonable proportion of the population. And that just shows how tough lockdown has been economically for a lot of families who are on the edge. Furlough payment in the UK was 80% of wages, and that 20% reduction could mean food or no food for a lot of families. And even once businesses reopened, there was no guarantee that workers would be kept on or, or that the business would be there to go back to. There's been a real economic impact, especially for the poorest and most vulnerable. To see the way the churches in Newmarket have come together to do that, and you walk into the, the church hall where we run it from, and just see all the tins of food stacked up and the boxes of cereal and, and just how much stuff there is to go out to these families. And, and it makes you realise just how appreciative you are of having enough food to feed your family and just how, how much these deliveries will mean to people. We've not just been delivering, but actually building up a relationship with these families to say, why are we doing this? Because we care about you. There are people out there who actually care if you've got enough food or not. And we want to hear you and hear your needs and tell us what you're struggling with and we might be able to help. So alongside the food, we've been sending out all sorts of other things, books, face masks, because they're now mandatory in shops, in stores in the UK. 
So we've given every family one as of this week. So tell us what you need and, and we'll try to help. And it's just been wonderful how, how that's come together. I don't think we'd have been able to do it, any one church on its own, to get the, the volunteers together, to get the premises to run it from. It has come from churches working together of all sorts of different denominations. That's been a real way for us to stay connected, churches together to support one another and encourage each other through this period of crisis. It's been really good. Something I've really learned through lockdown and that I'd like to share with you all is just to stay connected, is to work hard at reaching out to friends, to groups, to networks that you're part of so that you don't feel quite so isolated. You've been told to stay at home. You've been told to socially distance. You've been told not to visit people, to see people. That can be dangerous for mental health and for productivity and and just being part of your community. So my encouragement is just to work hard at those relationships. Pick up the phone or get onto uh, social media, however it is you, you contact your friends and family and be part of groups, of networks. And that's what we've been trying to do for people in the church so that you've got the chance to talk to people and just to catch up week to week with how things have been going. So if you would usually go to a a coffee morning or, you know, I've got a group of friends that I would usually meet up with on a Tuesday, which ordinarily would be my day off. And I'd go and I'd meet with them for the morning and we'd go to the pub for lunch. So we've kept that going through lockdown. We've had our own drinks and, and met up on Zoom and, and just shared that time together and catch up with each other week to week. So my tip for you all is, is just to stay connected as best you can. A lot of the support for us is about meeting as priests, as clergy and supporting each other. And a lot of that has gone. So we're giving of ourselves to people and and trying to support people and encourage them in their activities without having the, the backup for ourselves. It has definitely been difficult. And we wouldn't gather in church to pray if it wasn't easier to pray together. So to pray on your own at home is so much harder. It really is. And we've really felt that. It's still very unknown for the church. We don't know what gathered worship will look like, certainly for the rest of the year. We've been promised by the Prime Minister significant normality by Christmas. But actually to say that, to think about Christmas and think about how much we enjoy meeting with family and singing carols together, standing around the Christmas tree, we still don't know if any of that will be possible. At the moment, we're not allowed to sing because... It's thought that singing and speaking loudly might transmit the virus more readily than speaking in a normal voice. So there's a blanket ban on singing in church at the moment. So Christmas carols might be off this year. We just don't know. There's definitely questions about the future and about what it might look like. And realising that all this good stuff that we have been doing online We need to keep that going in some form. So certainly for the clergy and for other workers in the parishes, we're saying, well, does that mean we've got twice as much work to do in the future? If you've got to do everything in person and online. So, yes, there's certainly some trepidation.
it will be wonderful to meet together again and to start to build up those practices that we're so familiar with. So what I would want to say to anybody out there listening today, particularly if you're feeling low, feeling unsure, feeling that the conditions of lockdown, wherever you are, might be really getting to you, drawing on my experience, I'd say that there are people out there that love you and that care about you. And as a Christian minister, I would say that God loves you as well. But just in our experience delivering those food parcels, I'm just thinking of that message of care and love that we take to other people. So to anybody out there, I'd say there are people out there who care about your welfare and who love you and who want you to be well and to be happy. So I hope you know that and I hope you have chance to speak to those sorts of people and to hear that message for yourself. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. It's Lara Lightbody, the producer of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, here is where I need your help. Hit the subscribe button so Coexisting comes up automatically in your feed. Secondly, write a review and rate with stars, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if there's anyone out there that you think would make a great guest, just get in touch. I'm on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn as Coexisting Podcast. That way, that many more people will find us.